0: For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, everybody, Chandler Bolt here. And today's guest is the Steve Scott. Um, You may have heard of Steve. He's all over, all over online. You may have heard him through the James Altucher show or through his many, many, many books um, that he's got in the Kindle store. Steve, he's been successful as a Kindle publisher for the last two years in three different niches, and he's currently written over 50 books. So he's got a lot of experience, and he's really good at building a platform. Um, like, like I mentioned, he's got a couple different niches. Um, a lot of that uh, is habit-focused, and that's what he writes on a lot, um, but I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit in this interview. But really going to focus on the platform side and how you can build out a platform uh, and, and leverage that into this massive portfolio of books like Steve has. But Steve, welcome, brother.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, hopefully, I will share stuff that hasn't been already uh, heard before. Because Chandler and I were kind of talking beforehand, so I'm trying to give you stuff that's not necessarily been repeated over a dozen of, pot of uh, other podcasts.
0: Absolutely, it's the the meat and potatoes, just the good stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna briefly touch in to a little bit of the origin story, but that's something you can find a lot of other places So then we're going to dive really right into the good stuff um, and the stuff that he's done to build the platform. So Steve, if you'll take us back just a little bit um, to kind of the, you know, the origin story, how, how you started with the books, and then let's rapidly go through that. And then we'll get into more of the marketing platform building stuff.
1: Sure. Um, I know I've told this story a dozen times, but, uh, I'll I'll briefly recap for people who haven't heard it before. So basically, I got into Kindle publishing originally in February 2012, and at the time, I was just using it to generate traffic back to the blog I had at the time. And I quickly saw after the first book or two that with the kind of tools that Amazon gives you through their KDP Select program that you could give away a book that goes back up to paid you, could actually generate a decent amount of income. So I kind of made the rookie mistake, the first book or two, which is rehatched old blog posts. I just kind of put them together without any real strategy behind them. And I would say during the summer of 2012, I kind of, I guess, let me backtrack. I kind of put them out there, didn't really think much of it and only really looked at it a month or two later. And in the summer of 2012, I realized that these were actual books that could generate income. And I kind of had that what if moment where what if on a regular basis, I just sat down and just wrote books instead and that's kind of what i've been doing ever since uh september 2012 and i did uh the internet business type of books for about a year i tried a for a couple of moderns, uh picture books it really didn't work out that well both experiences taught me the value of actually having a whole platform behind the books having an email list and some type of free content and that's how you can actually move books and ho- and go on to get reviews and sales and that sort of thing so I took all those lessons and applied them to the habit book line I started. Uh, pretty much this time, two years. They're focusing on habit books.
0: Got it. So two years ago or so, you said that's when, or how long ago did, did you say it was when you really started focusing on the habit book side of things?
1: I I started them, like, I think my first book was May 2013, but kind of like, Everything else, it took me a couple of mo- months or two, a couple of months to really realize that the habit books have more legs than talking about internet business uh, type of books. So I would say I, I really started focusing full time on the habit books, I would say August or September of 2013. So a, a little over a year and a half ago.
0: Got it. And what sparked that shift?
1: Um, it was a couple of things, but I, I guess primarily I was just kind of a what if type of um, a thought in my head. And as you- You'll probably notice a lot of my, my, my quote, quote, unquote, successful strategies to start off is just what have thought that I just decided to go out and test something that maybe would go against I sparked it off as just the idea of me wondering if I could actually build a business model, not necessarily writing books about Kindle publishing to make money with Kindle publishing like that, that kind of trap I see a lot of people falling into, which is start a whole different brand that had nothing to do with making money online, just more about habits. And I, I honestly, I just want to see if that was actually would have been successful. And I didn't anticipate the level of success that these books would have. So once I started seeing them doing really well, I just decided to sit down and focus on them.
0: And why habit books? Was that something that you had a personal interest in?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And I, um, when I look back at pretty much all the success I've had in my life, um, whether it's like always kind of just um, it, it resol- revolved around actually what the actions I chose to do every single day and kind of my, generally my habits. So once I really um, kind of started improving myself, I realized that there were certain things I did every day that kind of made a difference in my life. And I felt that while I don't necessarily have a PhD in uh, personal development or, or habit development, World the experience that I can impart, some of what I've learned into kind of uh, short actionable books.
0: Got it. And you you talked about the the habit brand really taking off more than you ever thought it would. What what are some of the things? Some of the reasons behind that? Would you say?
1: Uh, to be honest, I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> that's really not not the most authority thing to say. But um, I I would say at the time, the market wasn't as saturated. Um, Personal development, there were a few books out there, but there weren't really that many habit books. Now, that said, there's a lot of habit books now. (laughs) Uh, I guess I've kind of created my own competition. But I would say just it was a market at the time that was kind of untapped. People weren't really talking about it. Um, And I don't know. I just kind of applied the same knowledge that I did with uh, the internet business stuff that Instead of really a lot of things in a single book, I just focus on one small topic and try to do my best to drill down into it. And I I guess one of my friends made the joke, like, how could you write 80 pages worth of uh, content on to-do lists? And I guess the answer to that was I just sat down and really tried to write everything I know about one particular topic. And it might seem like I'm really getting into the weeds here, but I think some readers really appreciate kind of the um, in-depth coverage of certain topics.
0: Yeah, and and that was the focus with a lot of your books from the very beginning, which was in-depth coverage on these micro topics. So I think a lot of people take a look at this and especially your success and they say, oh, he must just be this marketing wizard. But in the beginning, it really was about the writing of the books, right? And and really consistently getting those books out there. And that, that focus has stayed and that's why you've been able to continue building the business, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I would say... There are a lot of things I actually, um, even talking with Chandler offline, there are a lot of things I've started to realize that I don't do as well. And maybe one of the reasons I've done well with Kindle is you don't have to do a lot of things well. You don't only really need to do a few things well. And I knew knew the basics of email list building. I knew the the basics of turning content into subscribers who in turn turn into paid readers. And I I guess what kind of attracted me naturally to the Kindle platform is just the fact that you can really just – be pretty good at a few things and you can actually build a business off of it. Whereas um, if you wanted to actually come out with the information product these days um, it takes a lot of uh, a lot of effort and a lot of things that you have to do well. So I um, don't I actually kind of just lost the train of my thought. What was the original question? Oh,
0: We were just talking about the focus on, uh, on writing books. Yeah. And how you were saying how Kindle, you know, you don't have to do a lot of things well. I'd love yeah. for you to dive into those few things that you said that you, you did know and that you were doing well.
1: Uh, sure. Actually, from the beginning, um, I had an affiliate marketing business that did pretty well starting in 2006 and pretty much a year or so ago. So a good solid uh, seven years of just affiliate marketing experience. And the one thing I learned with that is the most important thing is to get people on the email list. So from the beginning, I was very aggressive as far as building up an email list. And I knew that the I knew the value that even if you didn't really know what you what you want to do with those email subscribers you always have them there in case you need to pivot or in case you want to actually um, pull your audience and find out questions about your next particular book and that's really just having the email list has just been hugely invaluable or it's just been incredibly valuable to my business and I would say besides that the idea of just um, almost kind of like the blogging mindset that one thing that blogging taught me is you take a large topic and each pretty lengthy blog post is just a micro a part of a larger topic. So what I saw at the time with Kindle publishing was people just wrote these massive books that really cover a lot of things but they didn't really cover a lot of things well. They just co- they just went all over the place where kind of my model pretty much since then has been the natural ground between a full length book like a traditionally published book which is 50 to 100,000 words it was shorter than that, but it was longer than these 200, or sorry, 2000, 3000 more blog posts you find. It was just kind of that middle ground where it covers one topic, but it does a thorough job of covering that one topic. So I would say those two things work pretty well. And just as far as just the un- understanding of how to create content and give away for free, and people, if they like your content, they're more inclined to go on and, and check out your paid content. So I would say those three strategies from the beginning kind of helped me, I guess, get a little bit of an, of an edge on the, the competition.
0: Got it. And so a lot of that's focused on the the bridging the gap between blog posts and um, traditionally published books. It's building the email list um, up pretty well. And then what was the third thing?
1: i uh, just kind of understanding that uh, f- giving away free content is not necessarily bad. And I would say the the best example of this on Kindle and pretty much all the ebook marketplaces, the idea of the perma free book that. Um, even though you're giving away something for free, it can lead into people into your funnel who would in turn go on to check out your other stuff.
0: Makes sense. And and now once you had like the first few books under your belt, what are some things that you've done since to kind of grow, grow as a platform? You want to dive into some of that?
1: Uh, sure. Actually, it's just starting to pay off now. But uh, for a long time, I kind of put the blog to, to the side because the, the Kindle books were doing pretty well. But from the beginning with uh, the habit books, I started developgoodhabits.com, which is, to be honest, it's not the greatest blog in the world, but I'm starting to see that certain blog posts that I wrote a year or two ago, they're starting to be picked up by Google. So um, the way Google works is you type in a keyword and people find your content. And I wrote a decent amount of content that people are actually finding older blog posts and they're checking it out. And now I put email capture forms pretty much three or four spots on my blog The they read a piece of content and they go and join your email list and they get into my funnel and basically my funnel is a seven to eight part autoresponder sequence that introduces me as an author, but also promotes specific books. And uh, one of the things that I'm doing now in the next month or so is I'm coming out with a book bundle of five of my books that have traditionally sold pretty well. And that's going to be the second or third email inside the actual autoresponder sequence, just a straight up promotion of that one book bundle. So I guess the point here is um, kind of the one thing that, that, that I'm, start, I'm using to grow my business is having a content platform out there besides the amazon platform and i know a lot of people say you should get on amazon perhaps other uh, book platforms like Kobo, ibooks and all that but i also think you should have some sort of content free content platform whether it's a blog whether it's a podcast whether it's a youtube channel and i guess I'll let you jump in here if you have questions about that but i have a couple other things too
0: oh yeah i guess my one question i would have there is um and i'll let you let you keep going is so you're you're basically saying you need to have a place to send people beyond just the landing page, a place that people can actually find value and interact with and come back to and then, then can be re- redirected back to the books.
1: I would say yes. Um, this is where it gets a little tricky. I would say for people starting out, honestly, your best bet is to come out with your second, third, and fourth book. I would say that's a better use of your time. But if you're, if you're looking for ways to grow beyond just relying on Amazon or other ebook platforms, I would say some type of content channel. Like I, I naturally prefer blogging because I'm, I'm a writer. I can manage writing. Um, And the good thing about with writing is you can actually outsource other people to write pieces of content for your blog. And that's something I'm starting to do is I'm not necessarily trying to write everything myself. I'm hiring knowledge experts in one particular topic and they'll just provide content for my blog. Now that's a key point, content for my blog, not necessarily my Kindle books. But if you find that you're more of a natural speaker, you prefer podcasting or YouTube channel, you could you could have the same effect where you build and you provide free content and you could take that free content and maybe put it into a Kindle book. But people there, that every time you come out with a new book, audience and they can buy your book. But I recommend for any type of content platform, it really goes back to email list building and you, you want to do as good of a job as possible to build up your email list.
0: Got it. And so did you want to keep going with the author platform stuff um, or we can yes. we can really dive into like building the email list or we can circle back to that?
1: Um, yeah, maybe we could circle back to that because um, w- actually I would say one thing that I'm, it, I, I have to also apologize. A lot of times I'll say one thing I'm doing is just because uh, I'm constantly testing different things. So if I don't have an actual firm, this is what works. Uh, I have to apologize because it's just I'm constantly testing stuff. But the one thing I'm testing is actually something I learned from Chandler is I'm actually testing content upgrades for every single Kindle book. And that's, that's something I'm rolling out in the next couple of weeks. But the idea here is you take your, your one book. So the one book I'm working on is master Evernote. back uh, what I've done for the last couple of years is I had a very generic 77 good habits to live a better life. And that did pretty well as far as turning people into email subscribers, but it doesn't do as well as a hyper targeted book. And uh, the reason I, I mentioned Chandler, because uh, you had the productive person, you had the audio book with little checklists. And I, I really thought that was brilliant. Uh, the problem is, is you you almost have to go into each single Kindle book and write something specific for that audience. And when they, you have like 50 some odd books, it gets really time consuming. So what I'm implementing now with my master Evernote, is actually create a bunch of checklists and get a quick start guide for, for Evernote. And that's actually something I'm putting inside my Evernote book. And um, the decluttering book, I just came out with the same thing, a little checklist and stuff like that. So you want to take your top selling books and create something that's specialized for that particular, um, book reader. And they're more inclined to go join your email list if they see an offer that's super targeted to them.
0: Got it. Love that. That's really good stuff. Um, and, and so you, so you said, we'll circle back to the email, other list building stuff. What was the other, you were in a train of thought on the whole, um, just author platform building side of things.
1: Um, yeah, sure. It, actually, a lot. Of, again, it's a lot of involves experimentation. But the one reason I really like the idea of having a blog is I feel that pay, paid paid advertisement is going to be really um, even more important than it already is right now. But with Facebook ads, you can actually target people if they visit specific spots on your on your blog. And the problem with YouTube or a podcast is you don't necessarily control that traffic. Um, iTunes owns your podcast, and YouTube owns your your videos. So it's really hard to laser target into people unless you run. I know uh, I know YouTube has YouTube ads, but I, I honestly prefer to control my own traffic. So the cool thing about with a blog is you can set up a retargeting pixel, and based off of certain actions people take on your content site, you can retarget that with uh, with ads and stuff. And, Right now, I'm kind of losing money on this, but uh, the kind of the point behind this is you can actually drill down and figure out who went to certain spots on your website if they haven't already joined your email list, but you know that. So say, so actually, let me take a step back. So say someone clicks a link in your book to a piece of content you have on your blog, but you know through retargeting they haven't joined your email list, you can actually run ads to those specific people. So you know that they're Kindle book readers, but they're not on your email list then you can actually run ads. Hey, did you miss this one offer? And you can try to get them to join your email list. So that's another way I'm kind of um, currently testing to build up my author platform.
0: That's great. And what, what kind of other things are, are you doing to build up the list?
1: Um, a couple other things is I take a lot of my content. I have my virtual assistant uh, create slideshare presentations out of that. Uh, so every every piece of content on my blog, I have and a lot is not a lot i would say a significant amount of books or uh, sections for my books get also turned into a, a slideshow presentation and again, have uh, not only a link back to the original post but they also have a link to join my email list so that's kind of an extra way that i'm leveraging existing content that i have out there
0: and what kind of email subscribers are you seeing from the slideshare side of things it's, it's not a whole lot. I
1: think in total I've gotten anywhere from seven to 8,000 subscribers. So it's, it's not bad. Um, but I guess what I, the reason I like it is because it's fairly hands-off for me and, uh, my VA is fairly inexpensive. I, I, she works full time. So anytime I, I don't really have anything for her to do, I just have her work on a slideshare presentation. Um, so it's not the, the absolute killer numbers like you see with the Kindle book, but it definitely helps. It definitely, um, it, it's kind of, um, a little bit of an added value to my email is not necessarily – I wouldn't rely just on my SlideShare uh, subscribers, but I would say it's, it's a nice way to bump up the numbers.
0: And the beauty of that is it's not dependent on you creating new content. I mean it kind of is in the sense yeah. that you're it, – but it's content that you already would be creating repurposed into a different channel, reaching a different audience that would never probably have seen your stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess a couple other ways that I'm, I'm kind of currently testing build my author platform is I'm doing a little bit of social media. Specifically, I, I've tried with the whole Facebook page, but the more, value, the more I do this, the more I see that there's more of a value of actually starting a Facebook group where people can interact and you, they can then uh, target ads towards those particular people. But for me, I just don't really have the bandwidth to monitor a Facebook group and answer a lot of people's questions. It's just, it's just something I just don't have time for. But I know some people have successfully done that. And I guess kind of the one point I want to make as we talk about other platform is there are things I don't do. And there are things I don't do well, but that doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't do them because I I just find a social media for me isn't the best use of my time. But if you're really into social media and you really know how to connect with people quickly, then that might be something that you want to look into. But I would always recommend driving people either back to content or your email list. And then in turn, which we talk about, uh, people join your email list can go on to buy your books.
0: Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. Got it. And are there any other things that we haven't touched on so far that you do um, to drive email subscribers?
1: Um, off the top of my head, I don't know right now. Uh, I'm sure I'll remember uh, as a conversation I'll just like jump in with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this.
0: Cool. Now, What do you do to because I know now that you kind of have a portfolio of books, you're able to send people once they buy one book over to maybe another book that they would like. Or you're able to kind of create this little mini uh, Steve Scott ecosystem inside of Amazon to where people are moving from book to book. And I've even seen on some of your reviews where people are saying another great book by Steve Scott. And, you know, they just go off about how awesome your books are, which just shows that they're buying book after book after book. So what do you do to foster that and to turn one-time customers into multiple-time customers?
1: Uh, Sure thing. So basically, I do something that goes against conventional wisdom, uh, whereas a lot of people try to sell their book, they'll launch their book for $2.99 or $3.99 or even give it away for free. I try to get those initial sales. So I'll launch a book for 99 cents and I really do a solid push for five to seven days of just trying to sell that book for 99 cents and as part of the kind of the conversation I had with my email subscribers, I just let them know, hey, it's only 99 cents for a couple of days. You should go check it out, buy here, leave a review, that sort of thing. And I also hold regular sales events, I would say every two to three months. Well will just group a book. Uh, I'll take a, a group of books, put them together and have kind of a fire sale for 99 cents a piece. And I guess this goes against conventional wisdom where a lot of p- times people say you should try maximizing your value per customer. I try to give my customers the best possible deal because I know that with the Amazon platform, there's a lot more customers who haven't heard about me. So trying to sell my books at 99 cents, it kind of hooks them to the idea that they can get a uh, good quality uh, value from the content at a low price. And I just try to hook them into the idea of continuously buying 99 cent books. But um, obviously once it passed at the launch date, I, I raise things up to 299 and above from there.
0: So it's normally ninety nine cents during launch, and then two ninety nine, um, like maybe after a week or so.
1: Yeah, I, I'm trying to find the right sequence. I'm actually settling down now around five to six days. I I feel that the seven days is too long, and I might try in the future actually having a couple days at ninety nine cents, and then raising up to one ninety nine for a day or two, and then two ninety nine. So I'm trying. I'm trying to find that right the good method. But what I've learned with Amazon is you have a blast of um, promotion all in one day and it drops off the charts after that, they really just don't They don't seem to like that. It's more of the steady amount of sales over the course of five to six days. Amazon will notice it, and then it'll start to kind of do its own type of marketing on their end.
0: Got it. Got it. So that's a really good tip to pull out. Um, so you're doing the 99 cents up, up, and then upgrading up in the price from there. Um, what are some other things? Because you, you talked about, you touched on events there, um, and you touched on some other things. So what is, what's kind of your 80-20 behind building the platform and getting people to buy multiple books
1: i would say if i really broke it down to an 80 20 um and if someone said if i all right what do i do right now to get started i would say first off have a solid email sequence so i would say even before you write your book you want to have a really good lead magnet and you don't have to go necessarily crazy like i do with i'm trying to create um, unique lead magnets for every single book but have a solid one that would generally apply to all your books have an actual four to five um, email sequence that just promotes other books. So so create all that now. Um, actually, if you're just getting started, I guess you won't necessarily have to create all those emails, but just have something where you're building a list. Uh, get your first book out there. Really make sure that in the front and the back of your book, you're building your email list. Um, launch your book for free. I don't necessarily recommend that for a long-term strategy, but launching your book for free is a good way to kind of get started if you don't have an existing platform. Um, and I would say write three to four books, continuously roll them out, continuously build your list. And every time you come out with a new book, use that list to promote the next book. And then once you start getting a little bit of traction, I would say at the four or five bookmark, then start to think about a content platform that you can use to promote your books. And you you don't necessarily have to create unique content. So a lot of times you can take certain pieces of your book, just do a quick rewrite. And as long as the, the content's um, written uniquely, so... Um, Amazon has a rule that only 10% of the content can be published elsewhere if you use their KDP select program. So if you basically take the content, do a quick rewrite that's still within their terms of services, put that on the blog, and you can use that to get a little bit of extra traffic and eyeballs on your overall brand. And kind of same thing with the blog, um, have like a lead capture page where people join your email list and use that to drive uh, traffic to your other books. And honestly, from there, I would just start to, to slowly roll out other strategies. But for me, that would be the kind of the best 80-20 uh, strategy for getting started. And I would say one thing is as as your books are getting a little bit older, anywhere from uh, six, seven months, uh, 10 months, 12 months, um, take your those books uh, together, put them into a 99-cent bundle. I'm sorry, um, let, let me uh, take a step back. So take all those books, hold a sales event for 99 cents, and just uh, you can promote this as an actual massive event. Uh, you're pricing three of your books at 99 cents. And use kind of the email list and any other connections that you have to promote it a little bit, but for me it's really kind of an iterative process where you're continuously trying to improve on the assets you currently possess.
0: And you're, and you're using that event to not only have current customers buy more books, but also so that, that event can be shared so that you can acquire new customers is that the way it works.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a little bit hard because it's hard to get people promoted that um, don't necessarily have any skin in the game. So you can't necessarily promote it as an affiliate offer because they probably wouldn't make a lot of money from it. But I would say as far as the actual event itself, if you have any people that you've uh, networked with that, that don't mind sharing your content on their social media platforms, but um, really it, it's, it's kind of hard if you don't have an existing platform. So that's why I do generally recommend for people starting to have some sort of um, free launch. So it's hard to get the ball rolling as far as getting people on your email list.
0: And now uh, talking, this is shifting back a little bit to the email list. When you're launching a book with your email list, how do you approach the promo? And for how long are you pushing that book to the email list before you go back to more content based stuff?
1: Um, with, would- for a free launch or paid launch or both?
0: Um, yeah, we'll say both. Okay. I would say
1: I really only send two emails to my list. Uh, I've tried three, but it seems a bit overkill to me. Uh, just for a simple fact, I know in a couple of weeks down the road, I have something else to offer, so I don't I don't want to burn my list. Um, so I will have an initial, hey, here's the book. You should go check it out. Actually, l- let me take another step back. Uh, what I do do before that is what I'm starting to do now is I actually pull my email list um even when I come up with a book topic. So I'm having a book that comes out about introversion and I actually wrote an email to my list. What is your biggest struggle with being an introvert? And you get a lot of feedback from that. So you get a lot of emails back from that. And sometimes I'll find a good question. I'll, I'll email someone about that and I'll just start to establish a little bit of relationship with individual people. And I save those emails. So when the book does come out, I have those people that could, Get a free copy and also potentially leave a review because they've already you already know that they're interested in the content they've added to the actual book itself. So I try to, to give them a free book and also try to get them to go leave a review. So that's I guess that would be the first email, but that's usually two months between that email and when the book is launched. And when the book is actually launched, I'll um I'll go send all the emails to the people who've responded to the survey. And then once I'll give that a day or so, and then once I start to get reviews back from them i'll actually formally launch it to my email list and i'll just basically say the book's uh, 99 cents for this amount of days you should go check it out and grab it before it goes up to 2.99 so i'll have that first email go out and then i, I do a couple of other campaigns like i'll, I'll go um, post something on my blog on another day i'll spread it on my social media platforms on a different day and if i have a writing partner two different writing partners who have who are my authors and I'll ask them to promote it on a different day. So I'm trying to ping Amazon on separate days with a little bit of uh, marketing. And then finally I would say a day or two before I'm launching or uh, raising the book price to two I'll send the last chance offer. And this is kind of that scarcity um, play that you see with a lot of marketers where it's only going to be available for two more days at 99 cents. You should go grab it right now.
0: Got it. And, and have you seen pretty good results from that last chance email? Does that drive a lot of people?
1: Yeah, surprisingly, I see almost – it converts almost as well as the first email. So there really are a lot of people who don't necessarily take action or they never picked up your – or they never even saw your initial email. And sometimes the subject line that you write might not be that attractive to them, but the follow-up subject line might be uh, more attractive to them. So what, I, what I'll what often do is with um, my email marketing provider, which is aweber, A-W-E-B-E-R.com, I'll basically take the list. I'll see who didn't click on the link and I'll just send an email just to those people. So I know that the people have already checked out the, the book. They've already clicked the link. They've already looked at it. Even if they're not interested, I try not to bother them. Again, I'm trying not to burn out my list here. So I'll just send an email to the people who haven't actually checked out the book yet and hit them with an additional offer. So it's really, I try to uh, strike that balance between being aggressive with marketing while also keeping people on my email list and interested in any future book that I might come
0: out with. And what what kind of subject lines do you use for those last chance offers?
1: Uh, It's hard because I I tend to be very literal with my subject line. So if a book is about the 10-minute declutter habit, I'll write the 10-minute declutter habit. So it's not really the most sexy of subject lines. I do try sometimes the blind subject lines, but I find that that ticks people off more so – it's really on a case-by-case situation, but it's stuff like, did you see this question mark or your last chance, dot, 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 stuff like that. But to me, that, that toes a line between spammy and um, too aggressive, but I, I do use it sometimes, but I'm always a little hesitant to use it. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll look at past subject lines that seem to see them get the most clicks and I'll try to um, have one that's similar to that.
0: Got it. And what about for your autoresponder? You were talking about about that a little bit, about how you've got five to eight emails on the autoresponder. How do you manage that? And what does that sequence look like to where someone buys your book? Let's say they opt in the 10 minute declutter, um, and then they opt in for the, the, the tools that you created there. Um, what would that autoresponder look like for that book?
1: Sure. Um, so the way this is done, and this is all, again, this is theory because I haven't haven't actually implemented this yet, but, um, what I'm looking to do now is with the Lead Pages program, you can actually create a lead magnet. So basically, someone can get a free—they they get their email, they get the download link for that particular e- email, but that doesn't actually sign them up to a separate list. What it, what it does do is it signs them up for your main list. So you have—they get one email with your actual new offer, and they get a second email that just automatically subscribes them to your main list, and you can actually do that through um, Lead Pages, which is why I love that program. So let's say that someone grabs my master Evernote um, download. So they get the checklist, they get all that. And inside the email that basically tells them, hey, go check out another email that sent you that 77 good habits to live a better life. So they're now on this list. So that's, um, they're, they're into the main list now. So they get that report as a, uh, technically it's a bonus report. And then the next email they get, which is one day later is an email called how habits saved my life. And that's kind of a real personal um, experience about, what habits mean to me and what, how it's kind of helped my life over the last 11 years. And it's kind of an um, introductory email to who I am as an author. Um, this is kind of a general, like, here's who I am type of email. And at the bottom, I have a simple call to action. If you want to learn more, just go check out my habit books. And I actually have a page on my blog that just lists all the different habit books I have, including um, the U.S. link, the international link, which redirects to any Amazon uh, link um, specifically for, for the country. So if it's a Brazilian reader, you'll see amazon.com.br and there's also the the free audible trial link so if they haven't read an audiobook of mine but they're interested in audiobooks or potentially could be interested they have an offer to check out my book on that platform um and the way audible works is it's like a 50 dollar bounty if you check out if someone checks out your book and stays a member for two months So i'm trying to i guess drum up a little bit interest in my audiobooks as well so that's a simple um your like redirect link. I have at the bottom of the second email, and that's habitbooks.com, and that used to automatically redirect to my Amazon page. But I just decided to have it um, put on my blog itself because I, I kind of wanted to start controlling that traffic more. So that's the second email. The third email is a simply a free offer for my free perma free book. So I try again. I'm trying to uh, strengthen the relationship by giving them free stuff. So here's here's a free book they can check out. That's bad habits no more. So they go check out my perma free book on amazon and then after that i start rolling out some of the actual here go check out my paid book so right now i have a promotion for my anti-procrastination habits book but as soon as i come out with my book bundle i'm actually going to swap that out and put a strong promotion for my main book bundle and then from there it's just a mix of kind of content and different email promotions and i really haven't quite figured out the exact sequence i want for the back end of my autoresponder sequence but um i'm constantly trying to find that middle ground between Pushing content while also pushing people to go buy up, uh, go check out, and buy more books.
0: Now, do you link up to your different books in within the actual books? Like, do you link and and go between books and stuff like that? I
1: did aggressively at one point. I t- kinda took a step. What I used to do, and I guess for everyone watching this, that's uh, maybe something worth testing on your own. I just decided not to. But at the back of every book, what I used to have an excerpt of, of another book that was similar. So, someone that read 23 Anti Procrastination and improving their to do list. So, I would have a short excerpt of my book, To Do List Makeover, in the back of uh, 23 Anti Procrastination Habits. And if you actually picture like a wheel in your mind, like each point kind of points to a different book. So, it's like this big circular. They're all pointing towards different books. So in theory, someone could come into one book and have an opportunity if they went through the chain of uh, checking out different excerpts from different books. And I found that that didn't necessarily convert as well as I thought it did. So what I simply do now is I just simply just have another offer for my email list in the back of the books, kind of substituting that. Um, but what I also do is I, uh, it's not, it doesn't convert as well, but I definitely have a more books by Steve in the back of all my books. So if, if someone's interested in anything else I've written, they can go check out my other library, but I definitely give them as many opportunities as possible to check out other books. And, um, unfortunately with Amazon, it's almost impossible to track where customers are coming from. It's more just kind of your gut feeling and what you see actually gets clicks on your website.
0: Got it. And, do you also put that more books by Steve Page at the beginning of the book, or is that just at the end of the book?
1: It's just at the end of the book, and um, I guess just it comes down to you don't want to uh, cause analysis with your readers. So when someone checks out your book – on that list. So you don't want to start a book with, here's my email list, here's a bunch of books that you can buy. Oh yeah, here's my information product, you should go check that as well. Like You should really just give them one one focus and one action and then maybe inside the content itself, you can leave links here or there towards free content. A lot of free content and pretty much all my I do provide a link here more and my providing value inside the book itself. So I do know that that ebook readers by nature, they tend to be pretty prickly. And I know from my own experience, if I'm reading a book and it's constantly a pitch fest for something else, I'll kind of get ticked off and not even want to read the book if I feel I'm just being marketed to after I paid some money to read a book. So I do try finding that balance between good marketing but also providing a valuable reading experience.
0: That makes sense. And so let's talk about how you built, because now, you know, you're you're known and uh, whether whether you like it or not, um, as kind of like the fifty thousand dollar a month man. Ever since you went on to <laughs> and all that stuff, um, but yeah. you know, it's twenty to fifty thousand to uh, you know that obviously fluctuates from month to month. But it's a significant income um, just just off of Kindle books. And can we let's let's kind of dive into because I know there was the habit stacking effect which is one of your books that did really well. But let's talk about the build up to that and kind of what were some of the reasons you feel like that you've been able to build such a significant monthly recurring revenue?
1: So to answer that question, honestly, what I did really well this time last year and what I kind of got away from, which is um, kind of in direct relation to why my income has gone down, is I was very consistent for many years. So I would would stick to a very tight schedule. So I'd write a certain word count every single day. I tracked that word count. I would have a publishing schedule where I I carefully mapped out what I was going to write, when I was going to write, and how I was going to write it. And honestly, just being very consistent, I think, was um, kind of one of the pillars of my success. And I think in particular why that book took off and what I've been trying to figure out um, how to replicate that is the fact that it was a very unique concept at the time. Um, No one ever mentioned the word habit stacking up until I wrote a book about that. And I guess just... the the title and I guess the the idea there is just by being consistent that when I had that I had those email subscribers I had the blog followers I had the network that when that one particular book took off it really took off whereas if if you didn't if I didn't lay the the found mails done moderately well it just wouldn't have hit the the marks that I
0: so so it was almost as if having kind of a balance of the consistency plus having a foundation and when the habit stacking book came into play it was pouring lighter fluid fluid it was pure pouring gasoline on this existing foundation that you already had is that that kind of what you were getting at
1: yeah that's that summarizes it perfectly just having the the people there that were ready to see a, a book that was kind of an interesting hook that it just really exponentially blew up but um and that's kind of what one of the reasons i really like drive home the point of having an author platform because you really you never can anticipate when a book will take off and when certain books will fail but when when you do have that kind of potential home run just having all those people there to interest in your content they will really help explode your business
0: got it and and what have you done to try to recreate that? Cause I know when, whenever you have a big success like that, it's always analyzing it. Why was it such a big success? And how can I do this again? What were kind of the key takeaways from that book success and, and what are you doing to try to recreate that?
1: Um, honestly, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit I feel in the last year I've taken a lot of uh, missteps. So, um I'm only just starting to get back into the, all right, here's what actually worked for me. So why haven't, why haven't I done that since what what I used to do? And I guess um, I just kind of got lazy. I didn't really – I wasn't as aggressive publishing on a consistent schedule like I used to be. So I guess to answer that question simply, it was just to, to go back to really figure out what made that book particularly successful and to get, actually get, get back into a normal, actually um, – to a normal schedule so what i'm starting to do now which i which I actually did with the most recent book 10 minute declutter is i'll actually take a bunch of potential headlines and so i'll actually post um an actual survey to people post a survey not to people who already know me but to random strangers and the, the actual tool i use for that is pick food that's p-i-c-k-f-u.com and for about 97 dollars a month you can actually pull a bunch of different people so I took two basic headlines, I put them out there, uh, two basic um, not headlines, um, book titles, and it just had them vote on those particular book titles. And the cool thing about PickFu is it'll actually leave the response of why they like a particular title or what they don't like about the other title. And so from there, I just use that feedback to kind of tweak the title. Um, I spend a lot more time now on my hooks and actually making sure it's it's something that's very compelling, something that people really want to um, um someone's attention like the old example that Tim Ferriss talks about with the 4-Hour work week that that was not one of his first titles that he went with but he pulled a bunch of people and by an overwhelming number people love uh, the 4-Hour Workweek title so I'm trying to apply that same type of mindset with my book titles I'm really trying to drill down figure out a compelling book title and just go from there and honestly I apply the same theory to the book cover I'll take two different very different book titles and I'll put or sorry book covers and I'll put them also on put pick pick Foo and get people's feedback on those uh, book covers as well. So I guess the point here is I'm really trying to, before the book is even launched, I'm trying to get the right hook and try to get people interested in that particular, um, or sorry, try to get the best feedback as I can about what title and what cover would work best with my audience.
0: So it's making sure that, you know, you know, that the content's good, but making sure that the hooks there and that the hook hook is the most is, will get the most sales for it. Is that kind of what you mean? <laughs>
1: Exactly. And I, th- I feel that maybe this was a mistake I used to make in the past that the title and the overall kind of look of the book was kind of secondary. Like as I'm nearing end of a book, I'm like, oh, maybe I should think of a title. Whereas I, I'm almost thinking now that it's more important to have that, that solid title in place before you even put pen to paper. Just kind of have that. All right, here's what I'm talking about. And you kind of sculpt the book around that particular theme.
0: Got it. That makes perfect sense. Well, that's great. Well, I guess we'll wrap with this. And if if you could just give um, people that are watching this interview, um, one parting piece of advice, if they're attempting to build an author platform, so say they're maybe starting with their first book right now, or maybe they have one under their belt, what would be a piece of feedback or advice that you'd give to them?
1: I would honestly say um, the thing that's really been a difference maker to me is just having an email list and Uh, I'm sure if you've seen or watched interviews with me, I'm always talking about, but there really is a reason why I'm always talking about it because it really is the thing that can make a difference in your businesses. You want to have one really good piece of content you give away for free and then market the heck out of it to to pretty much every platform that's out there. So have an email list. And um, the example I also give is think of like an old time wagon wheel where there's a spoke at the center of it. And then there's all different um, kind of the edge of the tires, all, they're all pointing towards that center. You want to consider your your email list to be kind of the focal point of your business. And I think a lot of authors just make the mistake of just considering their books be at the central point of their business. But you never know if Amazon's going to change your rules or if you're publishing all the different platforms, if some other new technology is going to come along the way. But if you have that email list, if you have those group of subscribers that really know, like, and trust you, you can always make a pivot no matter what happens. So I definitely recommend just building a business around an email list.
0: Got it. That's a great tip. And I think that was kind of the the, the theme interwoven throughout this email, or, or throughout this, I said throughout this email, <laughs> throughout this interview, uh, it's so ingrained in my brain that I can't even stop from saying the word email, or email list. But that was the, the theme, and that's a good takeaway um, to leave with. And Steve, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks so much for coming on and parting before we, before we head off here. Um, what's one way that people can get in touch with you and can especially find out more info about your books?
1: Um, I'd say probably the best place is developgoodhabits.com and I used to promote my podcast but I actually made pretty much the hard 80-20 rule uh, decision to kind of stop the podcast because I really want to focus on my habit books but um, if you go to developgoodhabits.com you'll find my email address and that's pretty much the only place you can find my email address now online because I've kind of taken a step back from the teaching part so if you need to get in contact with me there just go through the actual contact form on develop good habits
0: awesome they can find the books there as well
1: Uh, Yeah. Pretty much all the books we talk about are there. Uh, Pretty much all my habit books. If you just go online, just type in Steve Scott, you can find my kind of older internet business type of
0: books is there as well. Awesome. Steve, thanks so much, brother. All right. Thanks, guys.